to relax in the face of stress. And you just never know when some stressor is going to get thrown at you. So now relating all that back to your question, which is like, how does breath tie into longevity? There's a lot of different ways, but one of the biggest things that we know scientifically is going to impact your health and also your longevity is just the amount of stress that you're carrying and your ability to deal with it. All of us are just getting hammered with stress at all different points in time. And that's physical stress from training. That's the stress of some person acting belligerent. It's someone cutting you off, whatever it is. And we need to be able to have tools to try to stay calm during that. So breath is one key tool in that. And then that ties into, if you can manage your stress there, it's gonna help with longevity. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive On Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive On Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Justin Singer. He's an entrepreneur, performance coach, and founder of Mechanics Gym, as well as Mood Breathe Restore, a one-day wellness experience that helps people build resiliency and unlock the next level of their potential. Justin and I are co-hosting a Move, Breathe, Restore event on October 14th, and in this episode, we discuss what it is about, as well as why movement, breath, nourishment, and connection are so important to human performance. So if you have questions on any of these topics, please feel free to reach out to us. Please welcome to the show, Justin Singer. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive in Life podcast, and today I have with me Justin Singer. He's an entrepreneur based out of Houston, Texas. And I'm excited for this conversation because it stemmed from an experience I had where I got really uncomfortable. If you know me and you know my content, you've seen me running, you've seen me do high rocks and other type of fitness activities. But one of the things that I don't do pretty much ever is swim. And on top of swimming, add some weights into the mix. And a couple of weeks ago, I had the wonderful opportunity, shout out to Kame House from Roan, uh, he hooked it up where he introduced me to Justin in an event, Move, Breathe, Restore. And before we jumped on here, Justin was mentioning that there's two different parts to this. There's a concept of Move, Breathe, Restore, and then there's the experience. So before we get into it, I just want to ask you how you doing today, Justin, and then we'll go right into what Move, Breathe, Restore is. Man, CJ, I'm, I'm doing great. Um, thank you for having me on your podcast. and Thanks for the conversation. I mean, whether it's a podcast or just uh, shooting the breeze on a call or hanging out at the pool, it's always awesome with you. So I've really been looking forward to this. Heck yeah. So we'll just, we'll get, jump right into it. When you're talking about the concept of move, breathe, restore, what do you mean or what did you mean when you said there's a difference between concept and experience? Yeah, that's a great question. So you and I met at the experience that Cam connected us at, and y'all were both there. And then we've got this experience coming up. And so as we were just, you know, chatting about all different kinds of stuff, we're chatting about the experience. And then I was like, do you want to know about the concept behind the experience or the experience? But move, breathe, restore is just a really easy framework to think about what goes into a healthy lifestyle. And it's almost like shorthand for actually move, breathe, restore nourish connect mm. but move breathe restore rolls off the tongue a little easier so just keep it simple so that's the those are pillars um that if you can just think of those pillars like you're pretty much good to go on a healthy lifestyle and the experience is how can we package that up in kind of a fun exciting way whether you're brand new to fitness and health or whether you're super deep down the rabbit hole like you are and had that experience in a compact amount of time, like a half a day, and still make it fun and interesting, even for guys like yourself that have done a million different things within the space. What What were the other two? So it was Mood, Breathe, Restore, Nourish, Connect? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Mood, Breathe, Restore, Nourish, Connect. So the, and, and the connect is just hanging out with good humans, right? So if, uh, if I 
shout out to a hundred people that I know. And I'm like, Hey, we're going to go all jump underwater with weights this weekend. I mean, 80 of them are going to peel off and be like, man, what the hell? I'm not doing that. But of that 20, they're like, yeah, I can do it. And I'm in, that's a really cool group of humans like that are willing to just jump outside the box and then do something um, that could even be a little bit uh, mentally nerve wracking. And so you connect with those people and it feels amazing, right? Like it's intellectually stimulating and it's very rewarding and you learn and you build these relationships that nurture and grow. So um, it's a big part of just an overall healthy lifestyle. And I think it's one that actually doesn't get enough glitz and glamour around it, the connection piece mm -hmm. of it where, I mean, you look at everything from Nike ads on the television to any type of marketing campaign, usually they're marketing the sex appeal of fitness and what that mm -hmm. pertains to. So sweating, running, running the marathon, running up the hill, uh, doing the CrossFit exercise. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is when the people are doing those things in real life, usually you're connecting not only more with yourself, but with other people around you. And I mean, that's how I even ended up at your experience and it, we got to this conversation is somebody I've connected with in the past over move, breathe, restore, all the things that you're talking mm -hmm. about then invites me yep. to this event. When did you come up with this concept or what inspired you to come up with this concept? I, mean, I, got, I got to give credit to Laird Hamilton, Gabby Reese, the XPT lifestyle that Laird has embodied for, you know, decades and curated into, into XPT. Um, and then his XPT training system, which, you know, their, their pillars are very similar. Their pillars of that, of that training system are very similar. Um, but they sort of evolved how they communicate it to the world at large and how they allow people to interact with it and what, I've curated here in Houston, Texas is something that a group of us can do, you know, in part and parcel multiple days every week. And then a few times a year assemble people from across the U S or I guess even internationally is, is possible, right. But from across the U S to come together and experience it all together. So, so Laird and XPT are definitely inspiration. And then doing it here in Houston with a group of people that's continually growing and nurturing um, has sort of fostered its own experience and environment. What does XPT stand for? Extreme Performance Training. That is awesome. I, I never knew that. Uh -huh. How did you get introduced to Laird Hamilton? Hamilton? Like you know, it was uh, it was almost on a dare from a friend of mine. So. Um, eight years ago, so I'm in Houston, right? So if, uh, if I reach out to a bunch of people and I'm like, Hey, come hang out in Houston, Texas, you know, some of them are going to come because they want to come see me, but it doesn't have the same cachet as, you know, hanging out in, you know, Hawaii or Florida or Bahama, whatever. Right. So I was like, well, what if I got a place in Costa Rica and I got that house and it was like my house for a month. And then I sent the same invite out and I was like, Hey, how about y'all just come to my house in Costa Rica and so say, come to my house in, in Houston and we'll surf and we'll do all this stuff together. So, so I did that deal. And one of my buddies came out and he, he, we're out there, you know, you're just relaxed, you know, on the beach kind of deal. And he's like, Hey man, did you hear this new thing that Laird's doing called XPT? And by the way, in like two months, they're going to do this experience out in Malibu. And also, by the way, they're going to make a reality show out of it. And he said it to me like a joke, like, there's no way you're going to do this thing in two months where you got to go there for a week. There's no way you're going to do this thing, which involves you being on TV in a reality show, which is 100% correct. That's way out of my comfort zone. And then it had like a decent price tag to it. Like there's no way you're going to drop that kind of money on all this. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to freaking do it. So I did it. Um, I signed up for it. In fact, you can Google like clips of me um, at this on this outside TV reality show of the XPT experience. Um, but it was cool because they were making this reality show out of it. Um, you know, all the XPT experiences are amazing, but I think, I think this one got a little extra love and attention because they wanted to make sure that how it all came together on the show, you know, was, was amazing. So I went out there 
And I was like way out of my comfort zone. I was so out of my comfort zone. You know, I'm like going to do all these things that you got to experience, right? You know, that feeling you have when you jump in the pool the first time. And I'd never cold plunged before. I had cameras, which I, I freaking hate being on cameras and like all that kind of stuff. So they're going around this circle. I'm like, all right, who wants to go in the ice bath first? And I was like, man, I'm going in first because I just kind of like break the stress bubble for myself. But that's where, um, that's where I met Laird the first time. Um, and, and they're very authentic experiences. They're, they're kind of pitched as like living Laird's life for a few days and it's real. Like you're hanging out with Laird in his house and his environment and doing all the stuff. And so I did that eight years ago, seven or eight years ago, something like that. And subsequently ended up doing another four because I thought it was so cool. So I went back like another four times um, and, and kind of got to know Laird in that way. Outside of doing the, ch the challenging pieces of that, what were your takeaways from an event like that? Because usually like for me, when I went to the experience that I had at your house, yeah, like I challenged myself and I felt like I was literally going to die in the pool. But the, the, <laughs> the takeaways that I feel last a lot longer than just that day. And I start implementing some of those things into my everyday life. What did that look like for you after leaving Laird's events? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a few, right? So one, I, I resonate a hundred percent with that scared feeling or maybe scared is not the right word, but, uh, the feeling of uncertainty that comes with knowing that you're going to be underwater, deep underwater with weights holding your breath. So, um, knowing that I could survive, that was definitely a takeaway and then building on that. But if, if I were to come up with a couple other takeaways, I think one massive takeaway was, at the time that I went to the, the first experience, I was 35 and I'm not, you know, I, I never played collegiate, you know, anything at a super high level. I never played professional. I didn't even play high school stuff at a high level. Like, um, but I've been pretty fit all my life and going into this experience, like knowing that all these things are going to happen. I like trained super hard. You know, they had the whole thing of you're ready as you are, don't worry. And it was 100% accurate, but still I was like, I'm gonna train for it. So I was all trained. I was, I was at kind of like my peak level. And so I show up as this 35 year old guy who's fairly, you know, fairly fit. And they pair me up with these guys that are like 20 years older than me. So they're in mid fifties. And these are not pro athletes. These are just, you know, like they're names you would know, but they're like actors or, you know, just people that are like in Laird's um, social community. And these guys crush me. Like they were fit and they crushed me on a mental and physical level, but not in a way where they were breaking me down, just in a way of like they were just doing what they were doing, but they were calmer and they performed at a higher level and they weren't as winded and all these different things. And so the takeaway was whatever these guys are doing, I need to do that because I want to be, I want to be that same person at 55 and I don't even want to stop there. You know, Laird had had a really good friend who's since passed away, but even in their 80s, they would do all this aggressive physical stuff, you know, skiing and mountain biking and yada, 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 yada. So they were performing at a super high level. This guy's in his 80s performing at a high level. I'm like, I want that to be me. And in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna be 100. Like, you know, obviously, you know, there's only so much we can control, but in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna live to be 100. And at like 99 and a half or 99 and, you know, a couple of days before, I'm gonna be out there crushing. And so I need to train in a way that will allow me to do that. So that was one massive takeaway. Um, the other one was really around connection. So, you know, if you, if you just put like really round numbers on it to show up to one of the XPT experiences, by the time you put all the money in, you know, you pay their fees and you do the transporter over there and you stay the extra day because you get in early, whatever. It's like about $10,000 every time you show up, roughly. And I did it five times. And it wasn't like I learned each time like something brand new. The first time I learned a lot new. The second time I did, I did it in Kauai, so I got to see a different location. The next three times at 10 grand a pop was really just like, I just want to go show up and be around other people that I can connect with. And I've formed these relationships that were incredible. So it really solidified for me that I like to connect with people around fitness and health. I love both of those takeaways. The first one is very intriguing because one, longevity is, I would say, a trending topic in today's world. A lot of people are starting to switch their tune of 
what workouts and, and nutrition look like in terms of performance and switching it a little bit into, yeah, performance is one thing, but if you're only going to be able to perform for a short amount of time and then that's going to affect your longevity, what's the point of that? What you're talking about is how do we not only perform right now, and if we're saying right now it's in the pool, but then also mm -hmm. how does what I'm doing here in the pool, when I take this experience that's an acute experience and I leave, how do I utilize some of the principles that I saw these other gentlemen do in their 50s and how do I recreate that in my own life so that it expands everything that I'm doing. And that was one of my takeaways from your experience at your house, because I haven't gotten in a pool since like, I mean, I, I've swam in Barton Springs, but I haven't trained mm -hmm. in a pool. That was the first time I ever trained in a pool. And I mm -hmm. left that experience. Cam and I were talking, we we're just like, well, we're signing up for this next week as like a joke. Um, <laughs> Cause we're just like, okay, this is something maybe I'll do once or twice a year, but everything else that I took from it, I want to do every single day. So even the, the, the breathing part really got me asking myself, where in my life am I like holding my breath in a controlled manner versus an uncontrolled manner? Because that's what I learned that day when we were in the pool is if I didn't control myself prior to holding my breath, like if I was really excited and wasn't in the right mindset, then I could barely last underneath the water because as soon as I got underneath the water, I started yep. freaking out like, oh my God, I gotta, I need a breath. But if I calmed down yep. and I calmed my central nervous system down and then intentionally took a breath and then intentionally understood when am I gonna le let my breath out, I did much better underneath the water. Now, you don't just have to apply that to the water and in a pool or training with weights in a pool, that can be every single day of your life. So the next question I have is one part of your whole framework, move, breathe, restore, nourish, connect. Mm -hmm. How does our breath impact the longevity that you're talking about? Yeah. Um, so I'll start with a, a true and funny story that literally just happened this is wild. I mean, I could not have set this story up like any better. So, um, I started mechanics gym. Um, so in, in Houston, we've got two locations. And one of the things that we do is we do the fire and ice, the cold plunge and the sauna. So a group of, um, business executives had booked a private session, 10 people outside of our normal business hours. So we, you know, we have certain times that are available for public to come in. Before that, they booked a private hour. So I oriented everyone to the whole thing, told them the whole thing about the breathing and that you use the breath as a tool to link between your mind and your body to in order to, in order to allow your body to stay calm. So we had set all that up. We were just walking over the cold plunge tubs. And I swear the first person was about to walk in. We had a knock, knock, knock on the front door. And some walk, walk up person wanted to come in and join us. So I was explaining to them, look, this is a private event and we'd love for you to join, but you can come in two hours. They booked the whole thing. Well, this thing escalated so fast. This person was not happy that they could not get in. And so it really got like, like their, their, their whole mood was like elevated. And so I'm sitting here just breathing, staying relaxed in the face of all this unexpected stress. And everyone's watching me. These, I mean, literally, like, they're about ready to get in the cold plunge like this. And it's all, like, it went from, like, everyone laughing to just, like, what is going on? And so it all wrapped up. And I said, well, you know, this is what we're practicing. We're practicing, you know, we're going to use the cold plunge as a stress, a manufactured stress. It also has other benefits. But one of the takeaways is that you're going to use your breath to relax in the face of stress. And you just never know when some stressor is going to get thrown at you. So now relating all that back to your question, which is like, how does breath tie into longevity? I mean, there's a lot of different ways, but one of the biggest things that we know scientifically is going to impact your health and also your longevity is just the amount of stress that you're carrying and your ability to deal with it. You know, all of us are just getting hammered with stress at all different points in time. And that's physical stress from training. That's the stress of some, you know, 
person acting belligerent, it's uh, someone cutting you off, whatever it is. And we need to be able to have tools to try to stay calm during that. So breath is breath is one key tool in that. And then that ties into if you can manage your stress there, it's going to help with longevity. There's a lot of things around efficiency of breathing. So in the pool, we train efficiency of breathing and not over breathing. That's got all these other benefits around just efficiency of physiological function, being more efficient, using less energy to accomplish the same things. Of course, those are all going to be other things that are going to have positive impact on longevity. But I think the stress management is probably one of the biggest. Sorry to hit that you had to go through that. <laughs> just, just to have a story here on on this podcast. That's that's frustrating. The amount of yeah. times that that happens in everyday life, though, is I would say more frequent than than people wish. It's an everyday occurrence mm-hmm. where we're going to get hit with somebody cutting us off the vehicle in front of us and you having to breathe through that rather than cursing or giving them the middle finger. Right. So it's <laughs> breath plays a huge part. And then even with like, when you're talking about sleep is a major, obviously recovery tool that everybody is talking about mm-hmm. these days and how you're breathing will help with your sleep. And mm-hmm. when we're talking about the pool workout specifically, I'd love to understand a little bit because when I, when I got there and I did it, I felt so underqualified to be doing what I was doing. And just so that Mm -hmm. people that are listening out there can understand a little bit, uh, there was like two, they broke them up and Justin broke us up into like two groups. Um, One of the groups had some experienced people in it and me and Cam look experienced in a lot of different fitness modalities, but being in the pool is not one of them, but we always love a challenge. So we joined that group and I was, to your point of when you mentioned that those other men just crushed you, it was the same experience for me. Now, I I knew what I was in for just from talking to friends that have done this before and like never judge a book by its cover. I, I learned this the hard way. Like when I played soccer, it's just like the guy that showed up with the, the cheap cleats and nonchalant, usually it was like one of the better players. <laughs> it typically yeah, yeah, yeah. seemed to be the case. So in in this case, it was the same thing. How does somebody go? You mentioned that you went to Laird's five times, and then I'm going to go, I guess, my second time. How do I make the most progress from time one to time two? So if someone out there has tried a pool workout before, and they might not have had the, the one-on-one attention that they would have liked to get, what are some of the things that they can work on right now so that the second time that they go into that pool or using weights in the pool, they're going to manage their acute stress levels better? Yeah. Um, it's a great question. Um, so one thing I'll just start and tell you one thing not to do, which is do not train underwater by yourself. That's the proviso that always exists. And, especially if you think that doesn't apply to you, it especially applies to you, like the metaphorical, uh, you just, just from a safety perspective. Um, I think one of the biggest things that, um, one of the biggest things that is pretty eye-opening for most people in the pool, including myself, is how much more mental and physical capacity we have than what we realize. And what's interesting about the pool for most people is it's just this very real stressor. Like we're always very safe. And in the seven years that I've been running workouts in Houston, or maybe it's a little less than some, maybe six, but quite a few years in Houston running these pool workouts, I've never had any issue whatsoever. All that being said, if you put someone underwater, I mean, there's like, you're not breathing. So if you don't come up, you know, at some point it's all over, right? So that's the rest that we're dealing with. Now, it, the space between that spot, which no one has ever gotten to that spot because we take care of it very, very seriously, and the space of never trying it because you're too scared, there's a lot of space there to close, right? So the number one thing that someone can do to try to get the most out of it is to know that there's so much of a mental game to it. And anything that you want to do to train your mental game to push a little bit longer is super beneficial. You know, anything from you know, walking around your yard, you know, above water, not breathing to finding a friend that you want to go to 
a local pool to and do some underwater swims with and just set markers for yourself and push a little bit further or even just challenge yourself in whatever you're doing to say, you know, I'm going to just do like one more, you know, I'm going to do, I think I'm, I think I'm, this is my limit. So I'll just do like one more, you know, like running is a great spot to do it, right? Swimming is a great spot to do it. You know, something cardiovascularly is a great spot to do it. Maxing out on bench, probably not a great spot to do it, but um, just train the mental game. A lot of, a lot of uh, people that I've trained for the first time in the water, no matter what experience level they're at, they'll, they'll declare that their limit is like this. I'll say, okay. So they do whatever they're going to do, and sure enough, their limit is kind of like right around there. And I'm watching them, and I can just see that they've got this much more space. So I'm like, I know that you said your limit's here. I'm 100% confident. I'll bet you $500. Your limit's here. So let's just, let's just do everything you said you were going to do. We'll just do this one more thing, just so we can just agree that your limit was a little bit further than there, and then we'll just keep working. And almost invariably for most people, you know, I would win the bet. I mean, the bet I really want to win is just letting people challenge themselves and see for themselves that they can push a little further than what they thought they could. Um, and I'll throw one more thing in there, which is we're having all these conversations about, you know, deep underwater and pushing yourself and challenge yourself. It sounds hard, hard, hard. It sounds, you know, like if you're already like pulling yourself back from this, it could be a little intimidating, you know, at the experience you had, there was one gentleman that was there that can't swim. He, he told me before he came that he couldn't swim. I knew going in, he couldn't swim. So, you know, we had the group size that we could pay really close attention, gave him some stuff he could work on. And he too, you know, he started off here and progressed to here. He, I, we didn't train him to swim, not in, not in one day in our group effort, but we did train his mindset, get him to do certain movements a little more effectively. And he loved it. I've had, I had uh, not at that experience, but at separate workouts, I had people come and they just, just the mere putting their head underwater for even a second, very traumatic for them. And in like one session, we were able to go from, we won't put our head underwater to we'll be underwater for 10 seconds. And that was like a massive win. Like maybe one of the biggest wins I've ever helped someone achieve because they overcame the slight mental element. So tying it all because I know I meandered here. So I'll tie it all back to the question you asked me, which is what can you do to, you know, get the most out of your time in the pool, find a way to safely train your mental game. And that's not only going to pay dividends in the pool, but it's going to pay dividends in life. I think that's a brilliant way to put it because only I really know the limiting factor that I'm putting on myself in my own mind. If I don't speak that to you, there's no way that you're going to know that. So you are only seeing externally what I'm doing in the pool versus internally thinking like how much further can I go or what exercises can I do or cannot do. And again, that this the reason I love conversations like this is because it transcends out of the pool. It goes into everything else that we do in life. Where else in life are we finding ourselves whether it's in our job, our career, our relationships, limiting what we feel our capacity is for that specific mm -hmm. segment of our life. And most people would agree that even the, I would say the high achievers, especially one reason we become high achievers is because we set those bars and we're just like always working to beat them and always willing to face our demons and kind of conquer that issue that we we have with ourselves of we set our bar here i don't like that i set my bar here in my own mind so i'm going to work to defeat that and the pool the reason i really enjoyed it is it's a level playing field it's it's mm -hmm. really you versus you and i i love again i think there's more of a trend of the you versus you there's a lot of content that's being produced out there in the world where people I think are opening their eyes to what the potential of being a human being is. And it's no longer about the person to the left or to the right of you. It's literally just about you. And when you're in the pool, you cannot focus on the person left or right of you. And that was another reason that I loved it. Like you're focused on how much more breath do I have in my body before I yeah. either stay under here too long and someone's got to come and save me or I last second jump to the top. Versus when you're in other workouts, it's very easy to kind of be in that comparative mindset of, 
what's that person over there doing or what's that person over there doing? You can't do that. You can't afford to do that in the pool. And it was a very flow state-esque experience for me where you just, you're not thinking of anything else. And I'm looking for a million different things in my life to do that give me that. It's always about having that experience of flow state. And I just want to applaud you for providing that experience because I feel like so many people could benefit to it. And I love how you talked about the gentleman who couldn't swim because his flow state was literally getting in the pool and practicing some things that he never knew before versus my flow state is I can swim and I am pretty fit, but I'm terrible at understanding the mechanics of swimming and what I should be doing to hold my breath longer and these different things. So I've never done it. So I can't expect that I'm going to be great at it, but I love to learn. And I remember telling you when we were there, you were asking, I forget the question you asked me. It was pretty funny. Like, or like, it was about like challenging myself in the pool or wow. pushing myself. Uh, I think my response was some somewhat of just like, I can't, I can't guarantee how well I'll do, but I can guarantee that I'll try. <laughs> um, yeah, I like yeah. that. And I, I remember coming up a couple of times, like choking and spitting up water and you're just like looking and smiling, like shaking your head. Um, because like, again, like for those out there, I, I really want to communicate the experience for me because I, I was terrible at it. And I pride myself in being somebody that um, is fairly good at things when he first does them. But again, even that, when you're talking about limiting I say terrible, but on the retro, like in the grand scheme of things, I still got in the pool and did a lot of the different things that a lot of other people can't. So it's always a conscious effort to understand where your limits are and what you can break to. And I think I, that's why I really like your point of for me to get to that next level, I need to think about when I was in the pool last, where in those, where were those moments where I said, you know what? I can't do this even before I even try and just acknowledging that and then asking myself, well, why am I saying that? What do I need to train so that it switches from, I don't even want to try this to I'm not confident I can complete this at full capacity, but I'm willing to try it because I feel confident enough to do that. And I think anybody that's training anything in their life, that's really all they have to do is understand your limiting belief and what you need to do from a zero to one perspective to give you the confidence just to take that first step. And this next question I want to get into is steps even before getting into the pool, because something that I thought about that I think hindered me was I had a, had a two and a half hour drive to Houston. I didn't really eat mm -hmm. much before I got in the pool. I'd love to understand, like you're really big into nutrition. How do I set myself nutritionally better before I get into the pool so that I'm maximizing my output when I'm in the, in the water? Wow, this, this is dangerous territory. We're getting into uh, nutrition, nutrition opinions, which I know people have got some strongly held opinions around nutrition. Um, you know, first of all, I'm not a nutritionist. Um, I am someone who has experience with what works for me and I've seen what works for some other people. Um, I also have a lot of things I really don't have deep experience with in nutrition that I haven't tried. Um, but I've found that pretty much every workout that I personally have done, whether it's in the pool or strength training or whatever, I like to do it with a good foundation of, of food, you know, some protein, some carbohydrates and not, not too, um, you know, not too filling, but just enough to give myself a little bit of energy before I go into a workout. So take the experience that you did, um, uh, about a month ago and, you know, we started off and the first thing we did was breath work. And then we broke into groups and then we could jump in the pool. So from when we started to when we got in the pool, it was about an hour and a half after everything started up, give or take. So, you know, a really nice, you know, healthy carbs, protein, and some fats, just a good well-rounded meal right before breath work, you know, to me perfectly fuels someone an hour and a half later to go jump in the pool and not be too full, but still have tons of nutrition. Um, so that's my, that's my take on it. Um, I love your politically correct side. nutrition uh, take. Yeah, well, I, I don't, I mean, I'm, you know, it's, I. No, yeah, I would answer the same way. I, I think to dig a little further is what is, just so I can understand it in your world, like if I'm taking a step in Justin's shoes, 
before you're going to do a pool workout, what does that meal actually look like specifically? Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I'll say, um, I'll say, uh, one other thought on that same thing, since you, you call me out for being politically correct, I'll give you some context for it. I'll actually tie it back to the first experience I went to with Laird. So one of the, um, one of the, th the components of that experience was just like a hike somewhere through Malibu. So we're like an hour and a half, just very low impact, easy kind of, I'd say hike, it was kind of like a walk. And, um, and Andy Galpin was there. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do this walk with Andy Galpin. So I was just sitting there just peppering his brain with like all these nutrition and physiology questions. And we, we really got into like, what kind of stuff should you have before you work out? And what I remember taking away from the, you know, cause we were kind of, I was really fascinated with this whole like keto, non-keto, you know, conversation. And I, I've never really been deep down that rabbit hole. I'm more of like a Mediterranean diet type person. Um, and so he was just kind of, he, he just basically tied it back to like, what are your goals? You know, what are you trying to do? Like if you're trying to optimally perform and you're telling me you're going to take away like a primary nutrition source of like carbohydrates, you know, and you want max performance, like, does that really match up with your goals? Now on the flip side, you don't need max performance, but you have some other reasons for leaning into, you know, whatever it is, carnivore, keto, vegan, whatever it is, like, sure, you can make it work and, you know, more power to you. Okay, that off to one side. Um, what I have before a pool workout is I, um, I'm a big consistency. So I, usually, I do most of my pool workouts in the morning. And I'm, I'm a big consistency or breakfast person. So I think if you win breakfast, you've won 50% of your day because you know, you're sleeping for the first part of it. You wake up, you have a healthy breakfast. Your next meal is probably lunch. So now you got 12 hours under your belt. If you had a great breakfast, first half of your day, boom, all you've had is exactly what you plan. It's very healthy. And I like smoothies because uh, you, know, you can control what's in them. They're portable. So if you're busy, you can run with it, whatever. So I have this smoothie recipe that I've kind of perfected for myself. You can find it on my Instagram page if you want to see it. It's like pinned to the very top. But it's, you know, it's just different kinds of proteins and fruits and walnuts and cinnamon and turmeric and fresh cocoa and some almond milk. And um, I just drank a big glass of that. And during later, like I'm ready to go. And then I had strong black coffee. So nothing in it, just strong French press, black coffee and tons of water. So I got, I got my three glasses, my coffee, my water, and my smoothie. I blow through all those. I'm ready to go. I identify with what you were mentioning about the, the max performance versus the keto versus any other diet out there. Because for me, this question really came from the max performance outlook because I don't eat breakfast. I eat twice a day and mm -hmm. I fall in line with how you eat. I, my first meal is literally I had right before this podcast. And for those out there, this podcast is at 2 PM central. Uh, I ate at like 1230 today for the first time, really big smoothie. It's probably thousand to 1500 calories. And then I eat three eggs and toast and that's nice. my first meal of the day. And that works for me on most days. But when I got into the pool, I realized I was, I was putting out way more than I usually do before my first meal. And I realized really quickly, damn, like I need some extra calories this next time around. So I was interested to see what you, what you typically do. So the next time around, like what I'll probably end up doing is some type of small smoothie and then some carbs. So granola or something in it before I get into the pool. And now I also know that before we get in the pool, it might be an hour, hour and a half process from time on site to getting into the pool. So this is going into that max performance outlook that you're talking about, which I love yeah. because I don't think enough people talk about that. Like your, your diet during max performance days potentially looks different than your everyday diet. And when I say diet, I don't mean like lose weight diet. I mean, anything that you're naturally eating or consistently eating, that is a diet in itself. Like that's just what you eat, that is your diet. So for me, the two meals a day works great when most of my days are, maybe I run or train in the morning and then I eat and then work the rest of the afternoon, then I train again and then I eat my dinner. 
that works perfect for those days. But the days where I need a maximum effort, I have to start integrating in different ways of eating because it just doesn't, I, I could feel it. It was like, damn, I feel a little bit more depleted than I usually am. How do I supplement this in the future and, and make sure that I'm setting myself up for success? So I really like how you answered that there. And yeah, nutrition is a hot topic where people have all these differences in their opinions. But I have one statement that kind of goes around how most people view nutrition. It's not what you eat, it's what you absorb. And the only way to check what you absorb is your blood work. So whatever mm -hmm. it is you're eating, no matter who you are, no matter what diet it is, keto, carnivore, vegan, whatever, you need to be getting your blood work done to see if you're absorbing the nutrients that you need to be. And if you're not, you have to add some more things into your diet, period. So that's kind of how I stumbled upon the way that I eat is just every time that I get a blood test every six months, typically my blood work is getting better and better. So I'm like, okay, whatever I'm eating is working. So I'll try a few new things to add in, but otherwise I'm just going to stay as is. But we're getting close to wrapping up here. I'd love to kind of get into the next five minutes of what is the experience side of it. So from top to bottom, if someone were to sign up for this, what are they getting what type of person should sign up for this and how do they go about signing up for it? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so we've got the experience, the move, breathe, restore experience, or you can call it mood, breathe, restore, nourish, connect. Um, and it's a, it's a five hour deal and five hours seems to be the minimum viable dose to get all that stuff in, in a way where you can really soak each element in, but not have to commit tons of time to it and also lets us do it for a way we're not to charge anywhere near 10,000 bucks, you know, which is kind of like if you went to Laird's XPT deal, which is amazing and I highly recommend it, but that's kind of the price tag. Once you roll it all in, this is like a mere fraction of that. Um, so anyway, so all that being said, um, I think you're asking like what to expect and who should come. Um, it's a five hour deal. And what we're going to do is exactly what the, the title says, right? We're going to get movement, breath work, restoration, nourishing connection in there. So start off with breath work. Um, it's the fundamental pillar of everything. So we go through some guided breathing. Um, then we're going to go into movement. There's tons of different ways we can move. Um, but we think it's really cool to use the pool as a tool because most people have never experienced it. And it's, we didn't get a chance to get into like, what are all the benefits of the pool, but there's just so many benefits of the pool from temperature regulation to keep you know, easier on your body to challenging the mindset, breath training, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we use the pool as our foundation for movement, um, restoration. There's so many ways to do restoration, but the fire and ice, which is the really, really hot finished dry heat sauna, like 220 degrees. And then the really cold, cold plunge. I think we had like 1100 pounds of ice last time. So we got those puppies really chilly. Um, and then when it's all wrapped up, we do, we have some really amazing food from uh, one of Houston's best healthy restaurants and connection time, you know, the curated conversation around health and wellness, where we're able to kind of speak around topics that are interesting to everybody, not just the facilitators, right? But like, you know, when you were there as a guest last time, like you had some of the, the nuggets that people like most were excited about, including the one around around nutrient testing and blood testing to make sure you're nourishing properly. So, so that breath work into pool training, into cold plunge and sauna, into food, into curated conversation, into time to just talk and build those relationships, that's the arc of the experience. Um, we have a website conveniently called movebreatherestore.com, all one word, movebreatherestore.com. Um, so you just go there and you sign up. Uh, and then last question was who should come. So you, you do not have to do what I thought I needed to do the first time I went to one of these, which is train like a madman. You do not have to be at any sort of fitness level. You don't have to be a monster like CJ, right? Um, so it, it really, the person who should come is just someone who wants to challenge growth within themselves. Um, one of the ladies that came last time was like, I just came to show my kid that I could accomplish anything. And I just want to inspire my kid. She just wants to challenge growth in order to show her, her kid the way. I think that's beautiful, right? 
It wasn't about like, I'm just going to go crush XYZ workout. She just wanted to try something different. So it could be challenging growth. Like you really want to level up physically. It could be challenging growth. You got some mental thing you're trying to prepare for. Could just be you're just in a mode of improvement. You want to finish 2023 really strong and just sort of plant the flag of like, yeah, I'm challenging growth all the way through, kicking butt to the very end of the year and all the way through. Um, everyone's welcome, all ages, all levels. Um, just come with a positive mindset. And you're going to have an amazing time. Hell yeah. And I can attest to that. It was something that I literally just signed up for on a whim. Cam sent me the website and I saw that we were getting in a pool and we were going to be challenging ourselves. I immediately assumed I would be around other people that were looking for a challenge. And I love that story of the mom because that's really what life is about. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're looking for a way to challenge yourself, that's going to, again, transcend outside of the pool and into your everyday life, I can attest that that will happen. And you're going to meet a lot of like-minded people there who you can connect with and mutually benefit from way longer than just that that one experience. I appreciate you coming on here today and kind of outlining what that experience is. Um, our, I'm just blessed and, and grateful that I'm going to be co-hosting this next experience on October 14th. And it's something that I'm very much looking forward to because one of the things that I love most in this world is the connection piece is to be able to not just connect with other people, but provide tools and resources to see them better connect with themselves. I think that's something that is missing in this world. A lot of people are, I would say, in their day-to-day -day lives, aren't feeling as fulfilled or purpose-driven as they wish they could be. And events like this really provide that spark of, damn, I'm a badass, I can do hard things, and I'm going to figure out how I can integrate more passion and purpose and fulfillment into my everyday life. And that's what this world needs. That's what Thrive on Life is all about. So this last question I'm going to ask you is something that I ask everybody at the end of the podcast. But before we ask that question, if people want to connect with you, Justin, outside of this podcast here today, what is the best way for them to do that? You know, it's probably finding me on Instagram, which is jsingertx. So if you just follow me or find me on Instagram, jsingertx, that'd be a really good way to connect. Hell yeah. Go connect with Justin on Instagram. Learn more about pool workouts, nourishment, connection, all the good stuff when it comes to living a healthy and happy lifestyle. Last question we always ask everybody is if you were to define the word thriving, what would that mean to you? Oh, I love that. So, okay, so if I'm going to define the word thriving, um, I would say our own yardstick, right? We have, we have a certain yardstick we want to, we want to level up on, you know, whether it's physical, mental, some professional goal or whatever. So I feel like I'm thriving when I am make I can see that I am making progress towards my goal. So right now I'm on this like six week workout program and I'm like halfway through and I'm like, man, I see my numbers going up. I'm crushing it. And then I've got a couple of things I want to get mapped out for the year and I can see like business wise and I can see that those are going. So I'm like, all right, I'm thriving. This is going really well. And then honestly, like, like this podcast, like to me validates that I'm thriving because you and I are growing our relationship. This has been really thought provoking. It's been very enjoyable. I'm like, yeah, my relationships are thriving. I'm like, I'm having these amazing conversations. So I think it's, I think it's just seeing progress towards the goals as I define them and seeing like, yes, I am making really good progress. I can see that the end that I have visualized is, is coming close. I've done over 300 episodes and I've never heard anybody describe it in that way. And I really like it because one of the things that I say is like life is a game. Like we literally, we all, we all come out in the same way and end in the same way, mm -hmm. like end up the same way, right? Yeah. To our knowledge. But what we do in between is really a lot more our decision than we allow ourselves to believe a lot of the times. And I like that response because even me showing up to that first event, that experience a couple, like a month ago, that was me thriving because I asked myself, would this progress 
me in the training and in my mindset, which is really what I'm focused on right now is how do I progress my training level and my mindset to then parlay into everything else in my life? And it was an easy answer. Yes. The hard answer was like, am I willing to suffer in this way? Which <laughs> was yes too. But the, the resounding yes was this will challenge me to be a better human being. So I'm going to sign up and do it and I'm going to progress towards my goal. And to me, that is one aspect of thriving. So I really love how you put that at the end of this episode and every other episode, I kind of go into what is my biggest takeaway from the conversation. And today, my biggest, my, my, my biggest takeaway is when you were talking about those like limiting beliefs, I'm really going to ponder on that outside of the pool because in the pool, I can specifically remember right now, like the one thing that we did at the end where we had to do the, uh, what are they called? Gorilla, gorilla, what is it called? Yeah. Yeah. You get the weights and you're driving them down. Yeah. So like I couldn't, I didn't even try the last, the deepest one. Cause in my mind I was like, I can't perform the second deepest one well enough. So I'm not even going to try the last one. And when I look at that, like I'm not proud of myself for giving myself that belief because I practice so hard on not having that belief. But again, the pool does such a good do job of breaking you down in a way that if this was anything else on land, like that never would have been me. So I really enjoyed being broken down like that, but then also being able to reflect and ask myself, where did I have a limiting belief in the pool? Now, how do I tie that outside of the pool? Where am I limiting myself in different areas? Because if I can take away those roadblocks, I'm going to achieve what I hope to achieve. And to your point, I'm going to be more on a thriving path because I'm going to be progressing in the ways that I want to because I'm analyzing what the roadblocks are. So I really love how you put that. I love this conversation. The best thing that you can do for Justin and I is if you like this conversation or you feel that somebody else would like this conversation, please share it with them, friends, family, whoever could benefit from this. If you know somebody that would love to come to a pool workout, sauna, ice, eat good food, connect with people like me and Justin, please go to movebreatherestore.com. We'd love to see you there October 14th in Houston, Texas. Last but not least, give us that five-star rating and review. It's the best thing that you can do for us to help us reach more ears that could benefit from this conversation. Love y'all. I'll talk to you next time. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on, y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.